Everybody, this is Peter coming to you live from the most anticipated movie weekend premiere. That's right, we are here at the premiere of Cats. How you doing, Mike? What do you think Taylor Swift is gonna bring to this movie here? I think she's gonna bring that 1984. <laughs> what was her album called? You're asking the wrong person because 1987, 1989. I think she's going to bring those 1989 <laughs> jams. You're asking the wrong person because in the Taylor Swift, Katy Perry Wars, I was a Katy Cat for sure. Um, I guess I was a Swift head. Yeah, fair, 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 fair. So this is kind of a little bit of a tradition that we do whenever there is a movie release. It's true. Yeah. So we like to mm. think about our thoughts. Well, first of all, we're, we're, skipping the big, <laughs> we're skipping the big news. We are in a room together. Oh, that's right. This is the first time I've seen you in like a year. Oh, wow. Yeah. We, the last time we even recorded together was probably for Last Jedi. Yeah, probably. Or Solo. Something like that, yeah. Solo. So it feels good to be looking at your face It's right weird now. because I dis- I'm so used to not looking at you, I'm not looking at you. I know. I'm feeling a little hurt by it. <laughs> Sorry. That <laughs> contact. Okay. Um, but we are here live. We are going to go in about an hour 45 to go see mm-hmm. Rise of Skywalker. So we wanted to take a couple minutes to talk wow. about our thoughts beforehand, and then we will rejoin the pod to give you our review after that. How does that sound, Mike? That sounds great. So let me jump in here. Okay. I have not been excited about this movie since yeah. it started when the first trailer came out. So you haven't been excited since the first trailer came not, out? And not because of anything about the content of the trailer, but simply the first trailer came out and people have been going so bananas. <laughs> it's the... the <laughs> From the first trailer, the the thing about any movie, uh, especially Star Wars movie, the period I like the least is between first trailer and movie release mm, because okay, it's like this that. weird zone to me of ridiculous theories, which are fun. And when you're having fun <laughs> with it, great, have fun. I don't have fun with theories because I'm like, I know when I'll know. Yeah. So me, theories are cool when it's like, I will never know, mm-hmm. but I'll know. So I'm not having fun with this. <laughs> so I'm where I've seen one trailer. I've pretty much been offline. Um, that being said, may have had the movie spoiled for me. Ugh, okay. Yeah. This brings me to my first point. I, this is a period of time. I actually cherish big, big surprise. We are, we are on opposite sides of the spectrum which is typical and lovely, I think. But I usually cherish this the first trailer to the release of the movie. I am dreading it right now, and part of that is because of Mother F and Trolls. We, th- To be clear, we think the movie has been spoiled for us. Yeah. We won't know that until the end of the movie. Yeah, so there's two different things. I mean, first of all... We'll talk about what those specific spoilers yeah. are, obviously, yeah. after. We're not going to talk about the spoilers here, but... Two things happen. Mine is less egregious, but it's just frustrating me. It's just making it a bummer for me. It's just, 
you know, like I was a, I, someone just walked up to me. They were being innocent. The movie hadn't come out yet, but the rotten score, the rotten tomato score was out. And they're just like, Hey, blah, 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 blah. You hear about blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, no, don't tell me literally anything. Why are you just like coming out of the blue with that? Wow. I assume the best of everyone. Yeah. I think they're just trying to connect with you. I think so too. I think they're like, Oh, he likes star Wars. And I heard this star Wars headline. It just, it, I think they don't understand that. And so that kind of frustrated me. I wasn't mad at the person. And so I made a post on Instagram saying like, please, even if it's innocent, don't talk about it. Be quiet. Cause even small things can be spoilers and ruin it for people. Little did I know Mike didn't turn off his notifications on our Instagram account and someone straight up in all caps left a comment spoiling something for you. I went into our Instagram for the first time, Mm -hmm. blocked that person, deleted that comment and deleted the post because it seems to have been a magnet for spoilers. Yeah. Which is good to know. Yeah. Um, My bad. (laughs) If said person is listening. Even if that was a joke, if that was a joke and those weren't spoilers, I'm sorry. Email the show. I doubt they're listening. And I'll unblock you because I don't want to block you if you were just making a joke and it didn't land well. But if you were putting a spoiler in there, the thing I would like to say to you is Dante writes, there's a special place in hell. (laughs) It's somewhere below the ninth ring. It's yeah. something like the 12th or 18th ring of hell. I, I hate you. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I just, I'm just kidding. No, I, it's, it, it, it's really frustrating. And that's the thing that's frustrating me about it. Shout out to our buds at Black Series Rebels. I know infamously Alex from Black Series Rebels when Force Awakens came out. Someone just straight up messaged them. Han Solo dies before he saw it. Just because they, I don't know, they're trolls or they don't like Black Series Rebels for whatever reason. Um, same with Star Wars Minute. He famously said he was on a post somewhere, didn't even have to do anything with Star Wars. Pete from Star Wars Minute, which was just on Facebook, I don't know, looking at hockey stuff, and someone just put a picture of Han Solo dying in the comments somewhere. So for those people, you are a monster and I hate you. If you, Hitler, <laughs> And Mussolini were in a room and I had a gun with two bullets, I'd shoot you twice. <laughs> good good reference. <laughs> the office. I would never shoot anyone. Yeah. Terrible joke. I know. Violence is not funny. Gun violence is not funny. Fair. Um, um all right. So that's, grumpy, that's, though. that's where we are. Yes. We're both a little frustrated. do you know actually I'm not frustrated. Um I am I'm disappointed. But um, disappointed, I think this is the most excited I've been to see the movie. It's simply because this is what Star Wars is to me. It's friendship and it's mm, nostalgia yeah. and it's hanging out with people. I have not been excited for this movie up until maybe 10 minutes ago. Oh. Um, and I'm going to be less excited if the movie <laughs> theater we go to doesn't have the seats that go back. Oh, I think they do. Okay. Okay. If we go to a movie theater without that, those amenities, (laughs) I will be less excited. Okay. Fair, fair, fair. I like that. And I'm not making a joke. (laughs) Fair. Yeah. I think we're going to get alcohol and we're going to have reclining seats. So I think it should be good. Uh, Big things. Let's maybe each say three things we hope happens that that can include happens or does not happen. And then we'll wrap this up so we can talk about Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. 
that is so this is so superficial and i mean this is this illustrates the difference between you and i i really want to see ray having white lightsabers i went on i went on my rant at on twitter about how i think that they're 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 tooling with us in the in the trailers oh trailers are all for messing with you yeah so my theory is that the luke's lightsaber the one we see in the trailer it was destroyed in last jedi and she goes to get the sith crystal from Luke's hut because he has a Sith crystal on Octo and she tries to turn it back just like Ahsoka did and it comes out white and it matches her outfit and I think that will just be really cool to see on screen in real life okay so that's one give me two more very superficial one well let's go back and forth I'll give you one yeah I want to see Poe Dameron do something anything (laughs) interesting because he endlessly bores me. Uh, okay. um, I want him to somehow find his way into my heart. Okay. Because I love Oscar Isaac, yeah, the actor, and Poe Dameron as a character is a, a worse Han Solo. <laughs> I just want him to do anything that differentiates him. That's all. Okay. Fair. I think... You know, I'm going to leave this open-ended instead of something I'm looking forward to. I kind of want to open the door about kind of the two big hashtags that are going around and get your thoughts about that. And I will say my thoughts. First of all, I am thinking about what I want with hashtag Ben Demption. Okay, I hate the name, but keep going. Because I, I'm not on the internet, I yeah. hadn't heard that until you texted me that, <laughs> and I wanted to yell at you how much I hated that. But that's so funny. Nope, that's a thing. Um, and so I am interested to see how J.J. Abrams sticks the landing. I think he is really good at starting stories, but has traditionally not been great at ending them. Um, also, seeing from the Rotten Tomatoes scores, I am not feeling optimistic, but... Yeah, but I, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll trust this. Yeah. Um, In terms of Ben Demption, I mean, there are a lot of problematic things in the relationship between Kylo Ren and Ray, which we'll get to when we talk about hashtag Raylo. Um, So I'm trying to figure out, my assumption is that Kylo will be redeemed. I think this is going to be a little bit of a retread of Return of the Jedi. This brings me, I'm going to, can I jump you? Go for it. This brings me to the second thing I'm hoping for. Yeah. That he stays the evil, the dark side path and dies. Yeah, I think that would be more interesting. I want that to happen, just like I wanted Harry Potter to die at the end of the Harry Potter (laughs) and stay dead. Yeah. I think that would be more interesting of an arc if he doesn't get fully redeemed. I just don't see that happening. I think this might be a little more traditional of a story and it's going to be a retread of return of the Jedi a little bit. So I'm trying to think of how could he be redeemed because I am going to he kills Palpatine lose. I guess I, I also don't think Palpatine's actually in the movie. No, I don't think um, so either, but I am going to lose my S if I'm not really, because you know what, no matter what happens in this movie, I'm not going to turn into like a last Jedi hating like troll on the internet. So I'm not, I'm not going to be angry about anything. I just really, really hope that we don't get some scene where it's like, you know, he sees Ray's in trouble and he feels conflicted and then he looks at her with soft eyes and then 
she looks at him and he goes, it's always been you. And then they dramatically kiss in the rain. And then all of a sudden, like he's light again, because I've seen that trope so many times in so many movies of just like the stupid love story where it's just like the power of love can overcome. So if there is going to be a Ben Demption, I think it would be really powerful if Leia was involved in some way. Mm. Um, kind of like what was foreshadowed in The Last Jedi. Um, but I, and I think Ray will be part of that, especially when we're looking at themes of balance in the story and balance in the force. Yeah. But Star Wars doesn't really understand balance. So <laughs> they have a different definition. Yeah. Well, it was Star Wars definition. Yeah. Um, and so I am hoping that Ben Demption is not because he just loves Ray and now they're like a cute couple and he's going to like, just turn back to the light side and be like a champion of the resistance. Okay. I think that's fair. Uh, for sake of time, let's move through our last two because okay. we really want to get towards the meat of this episode, which is talking about Rise of Skywalker. Yep. So my first one was Cody Ammon do something interesting. Second one was um, Die, Ben, Die. Mm-hmm. Third one, I want anybody from the prequels to appear. Anybody. <laughs> I want anything from the prequels other than C-3PO or R2-D2 to make their way to the final like anybody, um, Qui Gon somehow, <clears throat> Hayden Christensen as Vader somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see Hayden Christensen, Amidala something, mm-hmm. handmade granddaughter. I don't care. Yeah. I want anything from prequel era to make it to this last film mm-hmm. to for recognition and for some kind of like continuity tie. Yeah. Um, that's it. That's, that's my wish list. All right, cool. What's and so your my, final wish my list? My final one, and I already talked about hashtag Raylo. It kind of goes into what I said before. So for my third one, I'm going to say I want the Jedi Order to be done, the Jedi Order and the Sith to be done for good. I think the most interesting thing in here, and it goes thematically with the white lightsabers, it goes thematically with the push and pull of Kylo mm-hmm. versus Rey, you know, trying to find a middle ground between the light and the dark that conflicts in every single person, just like it did in Luke Skywalker. Mm. I think Luke Skywalker might've been powerful because he had the pull of the dark side, not despite the pull of the dark yeah, side. I agree that. So I, th- I am hoping that the rise of Skywalker is the rise of a new order of force users that walk the line between the light and the dark and are not dogmatic. Universalists. In- yeah. And, uh, so this movie could be the end of the Jedi and the end of the Sith and moving on to more interesting force territory. I love it. I hope for that too. The yeah. third, your last one we can come in agreement with and that's a perfect place. Peter, are you ready to go see Rise of Skywalker? Yeah, let's get some drinks. Let's go party. All right. Play a, play a little intermediate lewd music here. Yep. Emphasis on lewd. <laughs> Everybody, we are back and we have seen the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mike and I went on a nice little little date. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a right by his work. There's a cool little dive bar, and they just happened to be showing Phantom Menace, which was just wonderful. Yeah, that was nice. That was yep. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to make a real snarky joke, but yeah, never, never mind. All right, fair. Yeah. Um, and then we went to see the movie, and so it's been about um, two days since we've seen it. I have seen it a second time. Have you, Mike? No, I am next week. Okay, cool. Um, I uh, yeah. Let's see. I it's yeah. I need to see it again. Yeah. So this is going to be our spoiler discussion, and. I just want to open it up. So if you haven't seen the movie or anything, stop listening now. But I want to open it up to you with general thoughts and impressions. How did you feel coming out of the theater, Mike? Yeah. So generally, I feel pretty ambivalent right now, neutral. I, I am. I felt a lot different than I did coming directly out of the movie, which was fairly conflicted and mm-hmm. a, a little let down. Um, today I am feeling, I'm feeling optimistic because I want to see a second, see it a second time. Um, because it's hard. This is so, this is so hard because it's done. Right. <laughs> I liked large beats but I thought they did a pretty bad job of getting to each, if I'm going to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, the large story parts, I didn't have a problem with. Like, I just because they weren't for me doesn't mean, doesn't, you know, just because I personally was disappointed by a few things, mm-hmm. um, I don't think they were the wrong or bad call. Like, you know, big one Ben and Ray kissing. Um, mm. And, you know, more than his redemption <laughs> that I was like, I didn't like it, but that doesn't, it, it that didn't ruin the movie for me. Mm-hmm. It just was like, mm, that's not for me. Um, but it's how I felt after watching season eight of game of Thrones is the best analogy I have. Um, I didn't understand why the creators did that because it felt like they just shoehorned in a lot of last minute mm-hmm. things. Yeah. There was just no lead up. It was very abrupt. The Palpatine thing, I'll be honest, everything about the Palpatine thing is my problem. I'm a big Palpatine fan, but they had they even mentioned his name in the last two movies. I this would have felt better, mm-hmm. but it really felt like felt like this was a film nine decision. I don't think Ryan Johnson was thinking about it. I don't think JJ was thinking about it early on or if JJ was, it was lost in the last Jedi. Um, So that's really my big issue is, and that's why I'm like, I feel this it's sorry, I'm dominating the conversation, but I feel about this movie, (laughs) how I feel about return of the Jedi to be honest, but actually return of the Jedi has become better because of this movie, (laughs) because it was much more succinct and very well, now that I'm looking at it, I'm like, yeah. oh, they 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 did that so quick, and I think there's a good movie with inside, uh, with inside inside of, <laughs> um, the rise of Skywalker. I just think it's surrounded by some unnecessary frills. If I'm gonna be honest, so that's that's my large yeah. that's my large thought. Like currently, if I'm I, well, let's do this later, but let's talk okay. about where we put it in our ranks yeah. of the movies. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? You, bring How about up you? Some, you bring up some really interesting points. My overall feeling as I saw, I liked it better the second time I saw it. I, was I, have, I had a feeling you would. After. And I had a feeling you, uh, you were frustrated after the second viewing? After the first one. Yeah. I have a yeah. feeling the second one is going to be better. Um, but I, I've kind of landed on, you know, it's, 
there are some things I really like. There are a lot of things I really don't like. And so it kind of averages out to a meh. Mm -hmm. Um, so we can maybe say our official ranking and stuff at the end of it, but yeah, I'm kind of at the meh stage. Um, yeah, that's about. And so you said a couple points that I thought was really interesting. Um, firstly, you know, talking about, you know, you don't, I don't think this was planned. I don't know. It felt very disjointed. Mm -hmm. All three movies in retrospect feel very disjointed from one another. feels like there wasn't, wasn't a cohesive idea. And so the, Rumor is that J.J. Abrams made a treatment for all three films and when he was first brought on and Ryan Johnson kind of was like, no, I'm going to do my own thing, Um, which, you know, if you hire him for that and you're not making that a requirement of his job that he sticks to whatever their treatment, I'm all for that. And I love The Last Jedi, so I'm not going to complain. Yeah. So Joanna Robinson, who's one of my favorite podcasters and writers, made this analogy that I actually kind of really love, um, where she said, it feels like Force Awakens built the foundation of a house. And then Ryan Johnson looked at that foundation and built everything but the roof. After that, built a house. It might not be the house that you necessarily wanted, but it's a house on a foundation that should be there, right? And then J.J. Abrams went, instead of building the roof, goes, nope, and went a house on top of that house. And so it's like he kind of just shoehorned all these things in. Yeah. He, Some of it yeah. felt very yeah. adversarial to The Last Jedi. That's great. Um, but. Yeah. There's a lot of, un- yeah. You know, more charitably, it at least feels out of place. Um, and so, you know, you said the Palpatine thing. I completely agree with that. Tell me how the movie or the story, or the entire arc of any of this would be changed in any way if she wasn't a Palpatine. It had no impact on mm-hmm. anything. No, it didn't. It is like so much of Game of Thrones, like mm-hmm. what's his name, Bran Stark being like, you know, the Three-Eyed Raven had zero impact <laughs> on the story. I'm like, yeah. wait, so he has all these tight powers and possibilities, but it has no bearing on anything. Yeah. Yeah. It's frustrating. And that's, I think so, you know, there's some things I'm going to nitpick cause it's kind of fun. <laughs> just, I mean, this, this movie leaves itself open to just like being dunked on a couple times. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, so I mean, that's, I can't avoid that, but I will say that my issues, I think what you said is really apt. There are some ideas here. There's some things in the story that I think were cool and I think were really good. And like the prequels, they were maybe executed poorly in my taste. Mm. Um, you know, I will die saying that the prequels are a good story. They have a lot, a lot of really cool stuff in them, but maybe the execution wasn't exactly what people liked. Yeah. Um, so an example of this is the Palpatine thing. You know, it's like if she was Ray from nowhere, but she was still tempted and saw a vision of her sitting on the dark throne. So she got scared of her power and she's still wrestling with who she is in this story and what it means to not be of Skywalker blood or anything. She's really trying to find her own identity and she's scared of what it means to not have a lineage. That would be the exact same thing. We could have done every single exact story beat, except for you didn't have to shoe in this Palpatine thing. It just feels like kind of playing with their toys is like JJ was like, I don't know. uh, I always thought it'd be cool if she had some like, if she was someone, I want to put a surprise in. So like, he just couldn't resist. Yeah. And it didn't make sense for the story. It, yeah. And it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's a lot of, it's, you know, this is my, 
I feel like I've tried to explain this a couple times with Rogue One and have never really been successful, but you know, my issues with Rogue One are a writing and execution thing. It's like, um, it feels like they had in their head a bunch of dramatic scenes that they wanted to shoe in if there was at any cost. Like, it doesn't matter if it fits with the story. Like, the dramatic scene where uh, Cassian is looking at Urso, uh, Galen Urso, in his scope, and he's, like, dramatically in the rain, like, should I shoot him? Should I not? Should I shoot him? Should I not? It's just, like, so, like... That shows a lack of subtlety to me where all of those emotions of like, I'm conflicted about whether we can trust this guy. I'm conflicted about X, Y, Z. I don't, I'm a bad guy, but I want to follow orders. All that could be executed without like literally being like, here's my internal struggle shown through the scope of a gun. Yeah. And it's just, there's a a profound lack of subtlety with this movie and that movie. It is Star Wars. So I don't know if subtlety is ever going to happen. I think, See, I disagree. Like it's, you know. No, no. I think modern day Star Wars. I oh, don't think modern. So, I don't think so. I, I think it existed. Uh, and this is my biggest issue. Not issue. This is mm-hmm. where I think so much of what's happening, what's going on. I After A New Hope, it wasn't made in a vacuum. There was yeah. fans. There was voices. There was opinions. It stopped becoming an I. This is so, it's going to sound so <laughs> cheesy. It stopped becoming an idea and started becoming a business. Mm-hmm. And it started becoming, you know, reacting. And it's, it's a storytelling. It's, it's still storytelling, but storytelling becomes less of storytelling when it's, when you have a corporation behind it. Like, I, I'm sorry. I'm like that, that <laughs> person who's like listening to anti-flag still at the age I'm at. Yeah. Um, but it's, it, it really is. Um, yeah. And this wasn't made in a vacuum and there was a clear amount of fan reaction and fan service in this, even if it's something small as Chewie getting his medal finally, um, Mm -hmm. like it or not, like, you know, that is just, it's not like it didn't like that. What it didn't like is that it was a clear, like bone to the fans. It it was just like an admission of what they were doing in this movie. Um, and it was like, okay, well you, you didn't have to like, you're, we know you're paying fan service, but you didn't have to go so far as to like throw a bone at us and then make a joke. Like, like <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, no, I agree. And so the only thing I'll push back on slightly about the new era is that I think last Jedi had an insane amount of subtlety to it. And I was hoping that they would build on that. It did. And I no. really liked that. And the, the analogy I think of is like, there are people who read the X-Men comics And they find the most interesting part, the subtle messages of racism and conflict about finding your identity and who it means to be, you know, be part of a world that hates you. And all those themes are what makes those characters compelling. And then there's a whole nother subset of people who thinks that the characters are compelling because they got like claws and can make metal bend with their mind and shoot lightning out of their fingers. And those it seems like The Last Jedi was made for the former and this movie was made for the latter. Mm. All the subtlety of the themes of growth and the, I guess the stakes, that's what I'm talking about is I think a movie has to have stakes and the stakes of The Last Jedi, Mm, you know, there were people following them and going to blow them up, but that wasn't the reason that you were compelled. That wasn't the reason you were really scared. That's not where the tension came from. The tension came from, What does it mean when all of your heroes fail? And what does it mean to have to be a hero? 
when you keep messing up and you don't think you can be the hero and live up to that name and legacy. Yeah. Um, you know, the conflict was internal. It was all character development. And I really loved that. I the conflict yeah. with this was like, find a knife and shoot here. And now we have lots of big ships and big guns. Oh my God, that's a big fleet. Oh, they can all blow up planets. Like JJ Abram can't stop blowing up planets. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and yeah. I just find that way less interesting. It is. And Ryan Johnson, this movie, I, I always liked uh, the last Jedi. I did mm-hmm. this movie really illuminated like how artistic that movie is and mm-hmm. how, yeah. And I'm, I'm seeing that now how much more subtle and yeah. um, kind of culturally thoughtful that movie was. Yeah. Uh, it felt like there was some chances taken and even like some characters introduced like Rose yeah. And her complex story, her interesting narrative, like uh, with her sister, that were totally almost disrespected yeah. by this movie. <laughs> totally, like, Rose. That's one of the things I found antagonistic I, from JJ yeah. Abrams to Rose. I thought his drop of Rose. It's bullshit. Um, <laughs> I barely, rarely swear. I very rarely swear on this podcast, but it's bullshit. I yeah, I think it's the thing that upset me most was that he. Went well. The fans didn't like her because yeah. of whatever reason. Um, she is such an important character. Like she is an, a very, very important character, and she is a she is a signpost mm-hmm. for where Star Wars and other science fiction and fantasy films need to be going. Yeah. And I thought it was very like. And on top of that, I liked her as a character. Like, I thought I thought she yeah. was just like set up interesting and she was the one very like uh, idealistic, um, like more so than Ray because Ray is just conflicted yeah. character that we needed. Um, and I thought JJ did a pretty big disrespect to mm-hmm. us as fans and Honestly, to the culture we're in right now, um, the the time we're in right now, I am not going to talk about certain things because I just I, I want to stay as positive as possible. Yeah, but I don't think that um, time will treat this movie well um, because it feels a bit regress culturally regressive, and I'm not going to dive into that. But I've <laughs> been thinking about what that yeah. means a lot, and I think it's. I, I think I've touched on it enough for maybe you to get where I'm going to go. Um, m- yeah. You know, maybe listeners, you'll understand where I'm headed, but um, yeah. I don't know. Well, maybe. I mean, I think it's, there. there's two things about it. It feels very safe and maybe a little timid of a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the second thing is that, yeah, it's, they keep trying to throw these bones and jam things in. And that's kind of my issue with Rose too, is, you know, Oh, like Last Jedi fans? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, Rose is in this movie. Like, we didn't cut her out. Anti-Last Jedi fans? We're not going to make her do anything like she did on Canto Bite. And also, yeah. it's just... Well, uh, what was the new character's name who, like, she rode the horse? Yeah, um, Jaina. Um, oh, God, Naomi weird. Aki. First of all, it's weird that her name is Jaina. Isn't Jaina the name of, like, one of Solo's? I don't know. I, yeah, I, feel I think like, so. I feel like see. I've seen that name, and... I, I I don't know why I'm like was that taken from something? Yep. Well, there's a Jane, there's a Jaina Solo. She's one of the twins in the EU. Yeah, I, so yeah, that's what it is. And I just think we using the word Jaina for certain fans feels weird. Yeah. But also, I'm like, 
It's spelled yeah. differently, just so you know. Oh, okay. But, um, <laughs> is okay. So I'm fine with because I'm always fine with romance not yeah. happening. So I'm fine with okay. So no follow up on Finn and Rose and like the nope. weird friendship kiss, which I'm fine with. Yep. I'm like I didn't love that anyway. So me neither. And but, I want to make something clear before we move away from the Last Jedi because I didn't love that about the Last Jedi. I didn't love the Cando bite stuff. I'm not like a Last Jedi sicko fan where I'm just like Rose Tico. Everything she did was amazing. You know, the parts of Last Jedi that really suffered was when they did the things that were similar to this movie, the like quest for the MacGuffin, where it's all just silly and inconsequential. I will. There is a reason for the Canto bite stuff, but I could see the argument for people that say it was inconsequential because it all failed, which was the point of the movie. But you know. I just yeah. want to make that aside before we move off too far. No. Sorry, I, I interrupted you. No, that's fine. So introducing Jaina was odd to me because it felt like incohesive storytelling. Yeah. Um, where so much of what story, like, yeah, maybe that's a little more reflective of life. Is this per- and, and Jaina and Finn aren't romantically involved, but they sure have a strong connection. Like, um. And it seems like they were leaning that way. It seems like they were leaning mm-hmm. into like the possibility of them. Um, and it, it just feels very <laughs> weird. It just, I, I'm trying to understand why. Um, and it, it's just, it, it becomes clear and cohesive storytelling to introduce threads and never close them. Yeah. Um, it's like bad HTML. It's like, Code's mm-hmm. broken. Like you opened a thread, and never closed it. it it's, God, it's it's all going back to <laughs> Game of Thrones for me. It's, yeah, totally. And, and my big issue, um, one of my big issues was this movie. And I said this. I've been saying this to people. It's like when I I love Return of the King, um, the book, and the movie is odd because the way they do it, it feels like it ends twenty times. And <laughs> Star Wars and there was a point of watching Rise of Skywalker where I was like, oh, my God, this movie is genius. Mm-hmm. But then it kept going and then it kept ending and then it kept twisting. And I was like, oh, OK, yeah. um, this is weird. And I was like, the movie ended here on the Death Star when they were when Ray and Ben were fighting. Like I was interested regardless of I didn't regardless of I didn't want Ben to be redeemed. He did. And I'm like, that's cool. That's fine. Yeah. Um, but like it, that was the climax for me and it just kept ending and it, but the thing I was most interested, the loop that closed first was the loop I needed to be closed last to kept me bought in. Um, what's that? Ben Ben's redemption and him and Ray's reconciliation that mm-hmm. ended too soon. And so again, I'm like saying like it's bad HTML, like it's bad code because the first loop you open should be the last loop you close. And this one felt like it, they close. It's what happened in game of Thrones. They close the white Walker thing. The thing you're most interested in two episodes before <laughs> the ending and so I almost go like, well, why do I care mm-hmm. about this new thing you're all of a sudden introducing? And that's how I felt about Rise of Skywalker is they close the Ben Ray loop. Yeah. And then there was Palpatine who got shoehorned in and I just didn't care. I'm like, well, I, 
I don't really care because the thing I'm invested in and the thing I think most people are invested in is the human element of any story because that's the most empathetic, that's the most empathetic thing and the thing you can connect and relate to. Yeah. So they close that loop and the movie ended for me about 45 minutes before the movie ended. And I was just, again, just very incohesive inconsistent discontinuous storytelling yeah um that was clearly um yeah yeah and so i want to talk specifically about ben demption and raylo a little bit later but i want to close up with a couple more examples of kind of the disjointedness that i felt this movie and then also piggyback on what you just said about the human story because i think that plays into this what i'm having issues with with these examples is for me at least, and I would imagine most people, but I'm not going to speak for most people, but for me, the most interesting thing about Star Wars is the people and the human story. And then you, you talked about that. Um, you know, I'm Re- revenge of the Sith. The best part is the opera scene and Anakin's emotions yeah, so cool. in the opera scene. The oh best part isn't the lightsabers flipping at the no. end in the battle of Mustafar. No. I don't, I don't mind that. And I think it's, there's some cool visuals there, but that's not why I think that movie has cool parts. I'm not like, Oh my God, it was so cool when he did those three flips and then he shot that thing. Blah, 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 boom. Like the cool stuff is the emotional work that's going on into that. Mm-hmm. And the core of these stories to me are the connection between the ghost crew and how Ezra is moving, you know, in the, all the stories when I'm talking star Wars in general, you know, Luke's journey from start to finish Leia's, journey han's journey like those are the things that are important yeah Yeah, that in these stories and what makes star wars special to me and this movie had a very that it had a very noticeable lack of that to me it felt like none of the emotional arcs were internal it was all external and so that was one of my issues and then it felt like jj abrams and chris turro don't find that the human stuff is as interesting they find the mysteries and the big reveals and the giant fleets and things blowing up more interesting and it's just not a movie for me necessarily well, that's kind of the director jj abrams was to me before he did force awakens he did mm-hmm. force awakens and i started liking jj abrams but before that he always really concerned me because <laughs> of these this like these habits and yeah. like this display. So this is the JJ Abrams director. I was a little worried about seeing mm-hmm. and then we got him. Okay. A big thing I, I, I want to mention though, maybe this is better up. I, I don't know where in the show, but it's, if you love this movie, I'm so jealous of you and I think that's awesome <laughs> and you should continue loving it and these should not be reasons exactly. you don't yes, like yes, it. Yes. Like I, I think it's so cool that you love this movie and I wish I could be there with you. And it's not that I don't love this movie, but I, I feel the right to be a little critical of of it, and I am never going to argue with anyone on Twitter or try to defend something or, like, we're not going to, outside of this, we're not going to, like, be having large Rise of Skywalker discussions where we try to, con- I'm not going to ever try to mm-hmm. convince someone that we are right because we're not, yep. and you're not right either. We're just, it's just, you know, we like this painting, you like that painting, because there's more. Yep. Just subject. So I, I just want to say I think it's really important. Um, yeah, good call. I think that's really important, and I'm glad that you brought it up. I wholeheartedly agree. 
I also, you know, I feel bad because I've seen a lot of the discourse on Twitter with people that we talked a lot with, with the lead up to this movie who were super pro last Jedi. And now they had it in their heads, kind of what they thought this movie would be and what they were expecting out of it. And they felt really hurt and disappointed by it. And that sucks. And I feel bad for them. I also want to. I also feel bad. We don't. Yeah. Sorry. I I, I just want to make, I want, I want to hope that, that doesn't turn into the toxicity that we were kind of hating and fighting against after last Jedi, because I have seen a little bit of that where you feel like you were hurt and that really sucks. But now you're kind of doing the same thing that you hated afterwards. And so that that's kind of a bummer for me. And I want to make sure that I am very clear and standing with Mike that I'm not going to try to convince anyone. I'm going to make my jokes on Twitter because that's what I do. Um, I would I'm, I would warn against that to be honest. <laughs> I think this is way too sensitive. Don't do it for at least a year because I I and I'm I'm not even joking. I I even don't like I I don't like the negativity, but I also am concerned about those people who are saying I'm seeing a lot of I don't get why people don't like it. Like this movie is amazing. Those people concern me just as much and just because you're being positive or you know doesn't mean it's an opinion that um can frustrate or like offend like it's because mm-hmm. I'm already getting a I personally I'm already getting a you didn't lo- I love that movie what's wrong with you like what don't you like and I'm like I don't I don't have to we don't have to tell each other what we'd like or don't like it's okay that it's like there's so much emotion it's so funny that we are this is a thing that's been around our culture for like 40 years right it's mm-hmm. so this Skywalker arc ending is a big deal but I don't know the positive and the negative and the it's, I think it's all fine as long as people don't turn it into arguments and prod it, yeah. but just like, listen, like seriously, just listen to one another and be like, Oh, that's cool. Like, um, well, this is how I felt. And they go, oh, this is how I felt. And then just like, leave it there. Just don't go into convincing mode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fair enough. And maybe it is too sensitive and fraught that it needs a cooling off period. I wasn't, planning on you know being super negative i was just saying i'm i'm venturing to just make jokes kind of like how i make jokes about Boba fett being silly or something like that um but i see what you mean that it might be a little bit sensitive i think we're just going to end up blocking people if you make a joke yeah well whatever i'm not i don't care about that yeah but also anyway. i'm gonna call up that that head who um, who ruined the movie for me? Literally ruined the entire movie for me. Yeah. So we mentioned this on our pre-pod that someone spoiled the movie for Mike. And yep, it, what what did they say? All caps on one of our posts. Palpatine is Ray's grandfather. Be- Ray kills Ben, saves Ben. Yeah. Um, but I was just like, you mother. So I went into it yeah. like knowing that. Yeah, that person. You are a monster. You are a monster. I- I don't know. I don't. I don't care to even find their tag yeah. that we blocked them on. But you suck. Whatever. You suck ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's really messed up. Um, so like a couple of the last little things I want to go before we talk about Ben Demption and Raylo is, and these are examples of kind of the disjointedness again. Is I noticed this on the second viewing. So at the end, Kylo runs into the throne room to try to fight with Ray and help her against Palpatine. And he's running and he has a blaster and he's shooting people down. Then it 
cuts to rags. Well, he's shooting people down a la Han Solo. He looks like yeah. his father when he's doing that. He shoots behind him exactly like Han Solo does. I've seen people like do that and be like, like father, like son. And it really worked for them, which I, it, I like the thematic idea of it, but I also hated that even in Force Awakens when he did that like no look shot. I was like, that's so yeah. cheesy. Yeah, so it, That's an example of what I'm talking about is it's like J.J. Abrams was like, oh, it'd be cool if he didn't look because he's a badass and that's what badasses do. Whatever. Um, but the thematic thing like that that I actually did like that I don't see a lot of people talking about is I did you notice that the way he got impaled by Ray. Yeah. was how yeah. he killed Han Solo, putting him in a very sympathetic place or empathetic place where he's kind of noodling through after he got this jolt from his mom that, oh, this is literally what I did to my father and feeling the same pain as that, which I thought was kind of a more interesting, when like father gave him a, a jolt soda. Is that what you meant? <laughs> yeah. Here's your jolt. Yep. So I, I liked that touch a little more. But so the, to the disjointed thing, he's running with his blaster, he's shooting with the blaster, and then something happens with Ray, and then we cut back, and he's fighting the Knights of Ren unarmed. Like, we don't know what happened to his blaster. He's just getting beaten up. And then they do that thing, which admittedly I think was really cool when they pass the lightsaber from Ray to Kylo, and then he does that cool little shrug and beats them up. That's a cool scene, but it feels like they didn't do any of the legwork to actually set it up. They were just like, oh, in my mind, I have this cool scene. So the blaster doesn't matter. Just make it disappear. It doesn't matter. He just needs to be unarmed. And then they yeah. just did it. And that's a lot of this movie is just like, oh, I have this cool thing in my head. So just do that. It doesn't matter if it fits in the story. Yeah, oh, I have I, this cool thing. It doesn't matter if it fits in the story. Just do it. I, I, I totally agree with you. And mm-hmm. I, I think about, because I think about Harry Potter a lot in my life. I just do. <laughs> yeah. I thought about how well Harry Potter, the movie, and the book did it obviously well because they yeah. had, she had time. But the movie set up the this thing, the vanishing cabinet, where it was going to be the whole way that Malfoy and his, you know, his the, the Dark Lord's followers get into Hogwarts. Yeah. But they hint at it by showing that the the vanishing cabinet, like they transfer a bird like back and forth or an apple with a bite taken out of it, and you don't really understand it, and it's not heavy handed at first, but then when so when it actually happens, they had done the leg work for you to go, mm. oh, like, yeah. and so like, yeah, even if they had done something small, like Ray transfers a pebble to him or something like, or well, they did that uh, earlier with the, like he, he grabbed the necklace off of her neck. And then when they're fighting in the two locations, you see like they hit a, like a bag of beans on, in Kylo's, um, in Kylo's location and the bean spill where Ray oh, is. Oh, okay. So I guess they did do the work. Yeah, so I really like that. That's not my issue. And I actually thought that scene was great. My issue is just the, in that exact moment, the directorial thing of just like when, it's like, well, what happened to his blaster? Why is he fighting unarmed? Hmm. Who cares? It's like, well, I care. The It seems very just transparent that they are taking shortcuts with the story because they want to shoehorn cool scenes in. And yeah. so it's it's just little, little nitpicky things where I'm not like, this ruined the movie for me. But it's just like, it's indi- it indicates to me a lack of caring. It's ba- Yeah, it is. It's like basically, it's killing Hux is a lack of caring. Yeah. That whole Hux, I'm the spy, kill Hux thing totally. is one of the sloppiest parts of that yeah. movie. And it feels like they just wanted a First Order spy and he thought it would be cool if it was Hux. So they just shoehorn it in. I thought it, it was cool that it was Hux, but I thought yeah. it was cool that they then killed Hux immediately. Yeah. I was like, wow, that is Ryan. That is JJ just pissing on like the, <laughs> uh, 
it it felt like he's a petulant child almost. Yeah. And like this might give me some hate, but it just felt like he was like there was there's like some artists will like when the thing they have created is taken over by other people, they make these moves yeah. that kind of piss on the people that take them over. I I, I always think about and I use that example, the author of Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. When he wrote um the so he wrote Silence of the Lambs and whatever book and then they made it a movie, it became this huge movie, and then they made um the movie after it before he'd finished the book, which was Red Dragon. They made mm-hmm. Red Dragon before he had finished writing it. And he was so mad about it that he did all this bonker stuff in his book where he's like, well, then Clarice is going to marry <laughs> Hannibal Lecter and they're going to yeah. do weird stuff together. And people were like, what the hell? But, you know, yeah. it was like the artist pissing on those who had, who had taken over his art. And there was moments of this that felt like that to me, yeah. not as overt, but definitely like, um, felt a little bit like, um, mm-hmm. territorial chest pounding. Yeah. Well, there was one that was really overt is the Luke ghost when she throws the lightsaber into the fire and he catches it and goes, a Jedi's weapon should be, ta- should have more care than that or whatever he says. Oh, they, instead of thrown over the edge. Yep. It's, it feels like an exact, just like shot at the throw over the shoulder, just saying like, no F you. And I get that some people would say that is what it felt like when they saw Luke originally throw the lightsaber over his shoulder. I know a lot (laughs) of people who had issues with that. The thing I will say in response to that is that at least made sense to me from a story perspective because J.J. Abrams put Luke on that island and left Ryan Johnson with trying to figure out why he's on the island. And he his idea is that he is on the island because he was hurt. He was scared. He closed himself off and he felt fear and didn't react in the way you would think a hero would traditionally react. He reacted by closing himself off, which is a very human thing to do. And so he would be jaded. He would throw the lightsaber. So it makes sense to the story. I get it if you don't like the direction that went, but it makes sense for the story. This just was like, it just felt like he was like, yeah, just make her throw the lightsaber in the fire and then I can make this snarky comment. That could have been an emotional beat. It didn't have to actually be shown with throwing the lightsaber in there yeah. in a way that, I don't know, it just felt very just, yeah, like a demeasuring contest. Well, yeah. And also it's like once it becomes a director's back and forth, that's yeah. where it becomes a problem. Even if it was Ryan Johnson being disrespectful, which I don't think it was, and I do think worked really well for the movie, mm-hmm. it was like he was given the keys to something and he was like, he took a lot of really big chances that I thought were really great and really artistic. Yeah. Yeah. And so the last couple things that bugged me in that sense are the wayfinders and the Sith knife map thing. Just call them holocrons. I know. Like that's, that feels like, again, another thing, and I'm, I'm beating a dead horse. I understand which who beats dead horses. That's really messed up. Um, hmm. Like, <laughs> It's like, yeah, a, it's like a dead horse. JJ Abrams so went weird. into a meeting with an idea in his head that he's like, I want an ancient Sith artifact that finds the way to something. I can call it a wayfinder. And like the story group's like, oh, like a holocron? No, it's an ancient Sith thing that looks like a triangle and holds information. Yeah, like a holocron? No, it's a wayfinder. And it's just like, There's no reason for it to be a wayfinder other than it feels like J.J. Abrams was like, it would be cool if it was a wayfinder. Yeah. There were ways to tell that story in the already existing infrastructure in the house that 
Star Wars built and he just had to put another house on top of a house and it just, and then the Sith knife map thing was really frustrating too, because again, it's a MacGuffin. Like I didn't mind the fact that C-3PO is barred from ancient Sith speaking because that kind of is like a touch of like cool, you know, like bureaucratic, like ancient stuff that they passed some law a long time ago that like Sith stuff is all, you can't, I don't know, touch it, but it's just like the fact that she held the knife up to the ring of the Death Star and it like straight up Goonies, like, yeah, oh my God, it was, oh my God, it was Goonies. (laughs) I was, mm, I was mind blown by that Goonies moment. And how does that make any sense at all in the story in any way? It doesn't. And also I, it's, it works in Goonies because it's Goonies and it's like the eighties and we're, we're, viewers are much less critical of movies because the internet doesn't exist. Well, and it's not a serious movie yeah and in but in 2020 when someone like i can spend my disbelief on so many things but for some reason that was my hardest yeah i can believe in the force and lightsabers and all this crap but i have a hard time being like so someone has to stand in that exact position yeah and what are the rules now and it's like okay so someone has to stand in that exact position and the ancient sith thousands and thousands of years ago knew that the death star was going to crumble in this exact same way and they knew exactly what closet palpatine was going to put his crazy wayfinder thing in so they made sure to like in in like build this thing into this one dagger that's gonna point to a place thousands of years in the future on a death star that it just it's just like it's so many things need to fall into place for that to make any sort of sense from a story or narrative or just like mythos perspective that it doesn't make sense and it just felt again like it was shoehorned in like oh it'd be cool if we have this scene where she holds the knife up and it fits like it's another mystery she solved the mystery and it's it just it's it's very it was very frustrating to me so what are yeah i agree what are the things you really liked about this movie yeah so the i mentioned it a little bit i really did like the advancement of the connection between the two and this was started um you know foreshadowing in force awakens where you or not force awakens in last jedi where you see that they're talking in the rain and then kylo looks at his glove and it's wet and so i like that they took that idea and ran with it and i don't know what a force dyad is that is interesting i guess um but that wasn't Uh, well explained i was i I also i went to the bathroom at the wrong time so i missed that (laughs) Yeah, evidently they're a force dyad, which means they are one being in the force split in two, Kylo and Rey, and that kind of explains their connection in some way. I don't know. Um, I'm, yeah, again, feel shoehorned, but on the positive side, I thought the dynamics of, yeah, him grabbing the necklace off of her and that fight where they're in two different locations and it's seamlessly going back and forth, I thought was really, really cool. Um and I also loved them. I thought they were the best part of the movie. I think Daisy Ridley and Adam Driver killed it. Yeah, they're incredible. They're, they're incredible so actors. Like it's it's difficult to yeah. watch how good they are. Like I know it's funny. Yeah, I don't know. It's like <laughs> it's really pretty amazing. Yeah. Was it? What, what was? What's your first positive thing that you want to? Well, shout I out? first of all, I agree with you. Um, I, Wow, what what is something I love? I I love the ashes of the Death Star um, in yeah. this ocean. That whole place and the whole scenery and this whole, regardless of how they got there, <laughs> I thought yeah. it was a great place to return to. Yeah. Um. I 
I think that was so great. I, I love that whole scene. Yeah. This um, movie I, was visually stunning. I yeah. thought they did a, an awesome job with how this movie looked. And a lot of the action was really cool. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I really I, enjoyed it from a visual perspective. Yeah. I, I, I also really enjoyed how slow their lightsaber fight was yeah. because I thought it was interesting that it was like almost maybe reflective of like, well, look, they're getting so strong in the force. They're, their light, like yeah. their lightsaber fighting is becoming more like civilized and kind of like <laughs> yeah, um, totally. knights and samurai, like very Vader, Obi-Wan at their end, very mm-hmm. Maul, Obi-Wan at his end. Like, yeah. um, so I think that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, totally. Yeah. And I think it's, it was a good middle ground between, you know, we still saw, like I loved like some of the force jumping and stuff. I thought was actually really cool. You know, like Ray cutting off the, the wing of Kylo's TIE fighter. And I, this is like a very, very small detail. People but People love lost their sh- the movies yeah. on that. Habit. Yeah, totally. Also, what some of the people clapped at, there was a woman in front of us who I loved yeah. who was just clapping at everything. And I was just like, <laughs> I love how into this you are. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's tight. And this is such a small, small um, detail. But when we first see Ray and she's doing like the avatar pose and all the rocks are floating around her and then she kind of gives up and the way she kind of twirls down. Mm -hmm. Like, I just thought that was really visually cool. And maybe that shows that the things that they care about are the visuals and the cool moments more so than the story. And that might be an indicator of the type yeah. of movie it is, but I love the whole training. thing. I, I love cool. everything. Oh, about yeah, the, the training. training looked awesome. And everything like about really the training cool thing. was cool. Um, and so, I liked that stuff and I feel like it was a nice middle ground between like, you know, the super acrobatic, super fast, like almost superhuman stuff in the prequels and the Clone Wars TV show. And then the very slow plotting stuff like fights and action of the original trilogy. I think this was a great middle ground between the two. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, and I will say that I think, um, when you see Ray floating, she looks exactly like the, uh, uh, what's that? The light and dark symbol. Oh yeah, the uh, like the Jedi, the Prime Jedi yeah, mural. It looks that was exactly in, um, like that. Yeah, um, on Yeah, totally. That's true. That's a good point. What's up with Leia training? I thought she had never trained as a Jedi, according to the yeah. Bloodlines book. I thought she she intentionally went into life politics and never got into it. Apparently, she did. Mm-hmm. So, which I don't necessarily mind. Um, I don't remember the exact verbiage in Bloodline. Um, it did make it clear that she was not a Jedi. So, I could see a situation where she had this revelation about Ben and kind of did what Luke did. She retreated. She decided she doesn't want to be a Jedi. She wants to be safe. So, she's going to retreat into a life that she finds more comfortable, which is politics and war. And so maybe she got Jedi powers and then, and was training and then gave them up to live this other life, Um, which thematically, you know, even if it retcons the book a little bit, I don't have an issue with, it does again, feel like, Oh, wouldn't it be cool if Leia had a lightsaber? Then we could also sell those toys like that. Yeah, it super felt like that. It felt like that a little bit more so than it made a lot of story sense. Um, but 
whatever. Again, maybe this is that's the type of movie that they wanted. They wanted action, fast paced. Don't think about it too much. Yeah. But that again, you know, going back to what I was saying about the balance stuff that you mentioned and how she looks like the prime Jedi, you know, I was really thinking they were setting up a world. Ryan Johnson seemed to be setting up a world where balance meant that we lived in the light and the dark and we fought for what we love. We didn't destroy what we hate, but we dealt with our dark emotions and we moved past them instead of just shutting them down like the old Jedi order did. And it was also a much more democratic force. It was, you can be Broom Kid. Anyone yeah. can be Luke Skywalker. Where is Broom Kid? This movie goes, nope. No one no one other than the Palpatines and the Skywalkers can be great Jedi. Yeah. This is um, probably going to be the meanest thing I'll say. Frustrate. That's frustrating to me. This is probably going to be the meanest thing I'll say, but it was so clear that a white male took that movie back. <laughs> uh, like it, that's yeah. what it really felt like to me. It was like, oh, okay, uh, yeah. white male but taking it back. But two girls kissed. He's woke. Whoa. Oh, yeah. Again, Sorry, we're, again. Such, we're, we're ticks. We're, now we're sounding like ticks. But, <laughs> no, but um, it's, I mean, that part I am actually quite offended and frustrated with. And this one, I'm going to take a little bit of, I am going to let my dark side show a little bit with this one. And it goes to kind of the cowardice of the movie where if you want to have representation in your movie, then write some full fledged arcs. Yeah, Give them something two to girls do. Guessing. Yeah, it's like it felt for offensive for two reasons. First of all, it's just so like shoehorned in, just like Endgame did the same thing, which is so silly that it's, it's so like s- yeah, there's it's, no. Con- it's like you don't give these people anything to do. They don't have any like. It's just like a throwaway bone to some people. Well, it's, it's re- like oh, it's, re- it's like reductive sexuality. It's totally. like I, I, it's it over sexualizing like. I, it's I don't it it's weird it's 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 poor representation yeah. it's like I guess deal with it or don't it's a weird middle ground where it's just like all right I'll throw a bone to like the woke snowflakes but I'm not gonna go too far because you know I don't want to offend X Y Z and I also found out they're cutting that scene out in the Middle East which is another really oh, frustrating and, see thing. and and that well that's the problem oh, with yeah, it, exactly. is you can cut it out and it be yep. non consequential. That's an issue. Like the that's issue, a great point. The fact that I can be like, "Hey, okay, we we peppered it in just enough so you could cut it out," yep. means that it's not a part of your movie and it's bullshit. Yep, that's a perfect way to put it. So thank you for for ending that. And then the second thing about it, like my my wife Maddie was like, "Yeah, it also felt kind of offensive because it's like very like." Oh yeah, we could have two girls kiss. We could have two guys kiss because you know I'm not gay. Yeah. Like that would be super gay, but two girls can kiss. Like yeah. that felt weird too. So, and, and this is kind of what I was. This is I, I wasn't sure if we were going to go into earlier when I was saying like yeah. I'm not going to go into it, but I think time will not be nice. Nice this movie. Mm-hmm. That is why is because it's not. It's outside of the cultural zeitgeist, and it's it maybe works for some people, um, but it's it. It's yeah, it's cowardice. It it yep. does. It feels like cowardice, and um, I have an issue with it. Like I have a social issue with it um, because yeah. it's kind of their responsibility at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Ryan Johnson did a nice job getting it ready, um, and I I think they're cowards for when you, when you have a voice and when you speak that loudly, you have responsibility. You do. Yeah. Um, and I think people would disagree with it. Like, no, they don't have a responsibility. <laughs> like they're just a responsibility to be Jedi and like do this thing. It's like, no, you little boys and little girls, um, watch this movie, you know? Yep. Um, and 
it's going to influence the way they think and feel and are represented and see the world. You have a responsibility. Yep. I think no, that didn't land very well with many people. So it'll be interesting to see how that affects things. Yeah. But back to things we like. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, how about we end this? Um, well, I have a couple. I mean, the only other thing I'll say that I really liked is I did like a lot of the Sith lore. Um, when we first went down in that cave and saw the big shadow, like big great. statues and stuff. I thought I that got was super great. I thought that was super cool. Yeah. And that goes into the audio of all the previous Jedi. Did you notice some yeah, very interesting some, ones? I, got, I guess I got my prequels hope, <laughs> yeah, but I it, so. it didn't, didn't really feel like it. But I guess yep. that's how I get it. So you did get Hayden Christensen, yeah. also Mace Windu. Yeah. Um, you got Qui-Gon Jinn. Yeah. Yep. Um, Liam Neeson and Obi-Wan Kenobi. Obviously, we got old and young Kenobi. Did you also notice, though, that we got Ahsoka and Kanan? Um, I thought I heard Kanan. I, I, I struggled to know if that was Ahsoka or not. That's cool. Yep. Yep. Hey, so also, we saw the ghost ship three times. Yep. I think we saw the ghost three times. I can't t- be sure, but I was explicitly looking for it. Yep. Um, I so counted two for sure when I saw it the second time after you mentioned that. Okay, I and think so I saw I think, three. Yeah, so that was pretty fun, too, to be able to see that. Um, I also liked seeing Wedge. That was just like uh, a yeah, fun little thing. I, I mean... It's kind of a bummer that he also just like he was introduced shortly before after his son just his like adopted yeah. son died got blown up so R.A.P. Snap Wexley. That's hilarious. Yeah. Um. I, I guess. Yeah. I guess they're not going to kill anyone, so kill Snap Wexley. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's another issue with the movie is there were so many fake deaths. And well, again, it's Harry it, Potter. Remember when I said I don't want yeah, a Harry Potter, totally. and we got a Harry Potter. We got a killed, brought back to life. Yeah. And this goes back to the movie feeling inconsequential. Like even like C three PO's quote unquote sacrifice. Like not a sacrifice. Yeah. Not. not it's like not oh wait, no, fake, they just put his memories back. Fake okay, emotion. Cool. If if anyone watches that a second time and cries, you are a. <laughs> You are cog in Disney's machine. I yep. hate you. <laughs> I'm totally cool with like separating myself from any Disney fandom that supports this movie. Like I, <laughs> I, I, I feel terrible for saying it, but like I, I just feel like it was such a cowardly movie and yep. it's not the kind of movie I want moving forward. 2020, like we're in 2020, like I'm, yeah. this isn't the movie I want my, uh, you know, I haven't, I have a, a six month old now, like this isn't mm-hmm. the representation I and storytelling I want moving forward. Yeah. Um, and my last point about the story before we get to Raylo and Ben Demption is that this felt like very EU to me. It, felt it was like a very Which, old story. That, those were the cool parts. Yeah. Um, well, I was thinking about that. I'm like, they felt like very EU just like for a story wise. It's just like, yeah, let's put some like aliens in there and let's do this and let's blow this up. Like I'm talking about like the old, like, you know, like Yozong Vong or whatever they're called, invasion stories and how Chewie got smashed by a moon and that's how Chewie died. Um, just like not a lot of subtlety. And I went back and I was like, this seems all very familiar. And I realized, did you read the Dark Empire comics? Mm-mm. So in 1991-92, there was a series of comics called the Dark Empire. Let me read the synopsis of this. <laughs> in Dark Empire, the Emperor... Um, sends out a threat after he dies to the entire galaxy of oh, saying wow. he will get revenge. So oh. his mysterious voice the dead calling speak. for revenge. Yep. The dead speak. The dead <laughs> um, speak. Um, and moreover, 
He has a fleet of ships that are secret called World Devastators <laughs> that devastate worlds. Wow. Um, and then he um, clones himself. So he has a bunch of Palpatine clones, and he transfers his consciousness between those clones. Someone say they attack. Yep. And then there's a very pivotal scene where there's a giant battle with all of his world devastators, and he is there, and he shoots a bunch of force lightning into the sky and disables the rebel ships. Yeah. So it feels like they basically took that story, and this is is Dark Empire, the movie. Yeah. So wow. that that was kind of interesting. And then the last thing I'll say that I did like is that I liked, um, I did like Le- uh, Ray's lightsaber at the end. There's some cool things about it. I like the gold, which is a new color we haven't seen in live action. There might have been one or two in the prequels. I don't remember. But, you know, that was something reserved with the um, Jedi guards in the animated series, which I thought was really mm. cool. I like the idea that, you know, building your own lightsaber is the last step of your training. So Mm -hmm. if we are staying with the Jedi and the Sith, which I guess we are, she has completed her Jedi training. Um, Mm -hmm. I also like it's a double-bladed lightsaber. You can tell, you can't tell because she only ignites one side, but you can look on her when she's first sliding down. You can see it on her belt and it's a double-bladed lightsaber and it looks to be made of her staff which i think is a cool touch is that she used the staff she carries around to make her own lightsaber i yeah that's all that's all a lot of cool stuff yeah was there any other cool stuff that you wanted to shout out before we move on to the close it up with ben demption and raylo and a ranking no, only that I feel I feel terrible in one sense <laughs> that I'm so down on this movie. But I think the yeah. reason I think the things I'm down on um, are important, and mm-hmm. that we I feel a responsibility to be negative, not negative, vocal yeah. about. I and I don't want to I don't want to be in a podcast that celebrates something for the wrong reasons. Yeah. And I, I I just like I want to make that. I I just think it's important that we as Star Wars fans, and I'm still a Star Wars fan, I'm still a massive mm-hmm. Star Wars fan, um, I think it's important that we help steer the ship, though, or else it's going to be ruddered um, without our in like without our voices. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I think I we agree. Need, yeah, so. Yeah, and at the same time, I am 100% comfortable saying that this movie is maybe not for me. Maybe the intention of the movie, I disagree with the choices that were made. I disagree with kind of what the filmmakers and the writers seem to think is important about the story. And that's just not what I found important or interesting in a star Wars story. So it's not a movie for me necessarily, but if you love it, I am happy that you love it and I'm not going to try to convince you otherwise. And I think that was a good thing for you to call out. Yeah, absolutely. We're still friends. still love Star Wars. Yeah, Um, but very quickly, I don't know if we have much to say that's super interesting because we weren't big Raylos or anything. I think I was happy with how Ben Demption from a thematic standpoint happened. I like the ideas of it. I don't know if... Actually, the execution of that, I liked Han coming back. um, And I think him recreating... The death scene where he killed his father but made a different choice in that moment was worked for me. Um, And I like that it wasn't necessarily that he did it for Ray. I like that that Leia was involved and then I like that he was haunted by what he did to his father and that pulled on him and maybe felt some empathy from feeling the same wound that he inflicted on his father. 
I found that to work for me. Did, did you like Ben Demption, how that was pulled off? Um, yeah, did I? Yeah, I had no problem with it. Um, it was cheesy, but so it goes and that's how, you know, this kind of story is. Um, yeah. and so I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm, I'm pretty okay with it. I, yeah. Cool. Yeah. I, I think it would have been different had Carrie Fisher, um, not passed away. Sadly. Yeah. I think that scene was probably reserved for her. Yeah. Um, but they may do with it and I like how they pulled that off. Yeah. It was clear that she her passing had an effect on the storyline. Absolutely. Um, and um, they did what they did what they could with what they had. So yeah, yeah. I'm fine, I'm fine yeah. with that. Um, I will end. I will end with saying this before we get into our rankings of the movies. Yeah. Um, and reason I'm so critical of these movies again, I I think about this James Baldwin quote, which is funny that I'm talking about James Baldwin. We'll talk about Star Wars, but he's one of my favorite authors, and I think he's amazing. Um, and he says, I love America more than any other country in this world. And exactly for this reason, I insist on the right to perpe- to criticize her perpetually. This is how I feel about Star Wars. I love Star Wars more than any other movie in this world. And exactly for this reason, I insist on the right to cr- criticize it perpetually. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I it's, yeah. it's, it's, cr- it's critical, right? Um, yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah, I agree. So, do you want to? I have my uh, my rankings, which they've changed, and they've changed because of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, they've drastically are we, changed. Are we ranking all the movies, or are we ranking? I'm doing all ten. I'm doing all eleven okay. movies, Rogue One and Solo included. Okay, you I'm go leaving first. out, and I'll tell you, <laughs> I'll tell you where the Mandalorian would be. I, I know it's unfair because um, it's a show, and I don't have the other shows in here. But I'm just going to tell you where it would be if yeah. I. So here's my ranking of the from the my favorite to least favorite. This is our scale for watching any movie. Our my favorite to least favorite. Okay. The top is Star Wars: A New Hope, the motion picture. Interesting. It's always been. It's never not been. Yeah. It's always been number one. I didn't know that for for some oh, reason. <laughs> yeah, it's always been number one. Always will right. be. Uh, for so many reasons, created in a vacuum, perfect movie. It was taking a chance. It was beautiful storytelling. New Hope, number one. Empire Strikes Back, number two. Return of the Jedi, number three. The Phantom Menace was bumped down to four because of this movie. And because I see mm. Return of the Jedi, how it too. I was like, you know what? They wrapped that pretty well. Um, and I have a lot of respect for how they ended that series. If I if I could put Mandalorian anywhere, it would be fourth. It would be mm. under Return of the Jedi. Or it could even be under Empire Strikes Back because I love it so freaking much. Mm-hmm. Anyways, fifth, Rogue One. Sixth. Return, uh, Revenge of the Sixth, Seventh, The Force Awakens, Eighth, The Last Jedi, Ninth, Solo, Tenth, Attack of the Clones, Eleventh, Rise of Skywalker. Mm, interesting. Mm-hmm. So right. that's my. So it's your least favorite. Um, where's the Clone Wars movie? Well, it's really high because I love. <laughs> I love that movie. Um, it's oh my, my least favorite, but for different reasons than Attack of the Clones yeah. is my least favorite. It's for reasons that are like, it's for like political and social reasons that it's so low. Mm. Um, Interesting. Because I think it, yeah, I, yeah, but there yeah. it is. All right. So I want to make this clear that this is my list of my favorite Star Wars movies, not necessarily the ones I think are the best um, in terms of, you know, I think probably Empire Strikes Back is maybe the best executed Star Wars movie, um, but it's not my favorite. So 
I will say just the ones that make me feel warm and I really enjoy and will watch over and over. I am going to say Return of the Jedi is my number one. Yeah. Um, followed by The Last Jedi, Empire Strikes Back, A New Hope, Force Awakens, Solo, Revenge of the Sith. Uh, I'm wondering how many people I'm going to make hate. Okay, I'm just going to do it. Attack the Clones, then Rogue One, then The Phantom Menace. Wow, ours are so different. No, actually, I'm going to put, I'm going to put, Rise of Skywalker. Oh, all right, never. I'm going to put Rise of Skywalker between Revenge of the Sith and Attack of the Clones. I think it's better than Attack of the Clones. Yeah, I struggle with that. I it um, could be better than Attack of the Clones for me too. Maybe yeah. mine was dishonest. Maybe but Attack also, of the Clones is yeah. at the bottom for me. I like Attack of the Clones much better than you, dude. So I will say, underneath Rise of Skywalker, this might be illustrative. I think the movies I I like least that. Then Rise of Skywalker, Attack of the Clones, Rogue One, Phantom Menace, and the Clone Wars movie. Oh my god. <laughs> Attack of the Clones is so high on your list. It's um, I really, really don't like Rogue One. And wow. I mean, we've talked about it. I like I, Rogue One for the same reasons I like Mandalorian. Yeah. I don't know. I really don't like Rogue One. It's so interesting um, to Phantom me. Phantom Menace, I think, is the worst prequel. I don't know how you have it so high on your list, but I, it's, you know it's, 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 it's mostly, honestly, it's like I always say, it's mostly a nostalgia thing with the hype around it. I just remember so much about that movie coming out. I was yep. the perfect age. Um, Natalie yeah. Portman. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, um, I didn't say this specifically when we talked about it. The the redemption or the Raylo stuff, whatever. I'm just gonna mention. I don't have to get back into this, but I think I might have a new least favorite thing in all of Star Wars coming next season. Wow! So I will uh, foreshadow that. Yeah, wow! I, and I'm talking about the specific action of the kiss. It's such sloppy, lazy, just generic, unearned filmmaking mm-hmm. that it just felt like they wanted a dramatic scene where. She's dead, and now she's back in, to life. And then they kiss dramatically. It's one shade off of exactly what I was afraid of, of yeah. being like, it was both. always you. It's and then, like, he died. It was just, like, so ham-fisted to me. I don't mind that they have some sort of romantic bond. I don't mind that they have a really deep connection. I don't mind that the Raylo thing is there. But the way it was executed is just so generic, cheeseball, Daytime soap. Uh, it frustrates wow. me. Wow, you shows... you're going into it right now. Sorry, I how do we end this? this? Let's, okay, sorry. This is probably the most negative <laughs> we've been on our podcast ever. Not negative, but just like very, very critical. Yeah, I'd be fine with it. Like, yo, this is our last podcast ever. See you guys. Um, <laughs> simply because I don't want to be a part of the converse. I. I mean, and, I think this is going to be our, probably the last time we explicitly talk about Rise of Skywalker. So yeah, I, I, I'm I will, safe saying that. I will probably never talk about Rise of Skywalker yeah. much unless I have something positive that I'm like, you know what? This thing I like better, yeah. actually. John um, Williams was in the movie. Can we end on that? Yeah. That's a positive thing. Welcome, that was kind of cool seeing this, John Williams. Welcome to the big screen, man. Yeah, he was, he was the bartender at that bar I know. thing. You deserve it. Yeah. Um, so we will, we will, let's end on that. Just... Thank you, John Williams, for your years of service, your amazing music. And my that. and my last comment is when when Lando is talking to Jaina, is he implying yeah. that he's going to f*** her? <laughs> well, let's find out. Well, the the actual story of that, yeah, there's going to be a stupid show, man. Out of it. Well, they they were going to have a whole nother subplot in the movie where 
he finds out that she's her daughter or that she's his daughter. So that was what they were going to do. And they cut it out because they already had way too much in the movie. And so I think they were throwing that bone and it'll probably be, yeah, it'll be something like, it'll be like the adventures of Jaina and yo, blah, blah, blah on Disney plus. Like, yo, you know, you should watch the seventh episode of Mando. It's getting dope. Okay. I haven't seen it yet. I'm going to try to watch it tonight. God, it's so good. Yep. Mando, Mando yeah. for life. Yeah, All right. and we're, while we're speaking about behind the scenes thing, one last interesting tidbit I found from a source I trust that heard this from a person that I trust that originally J.J. Abrams was going to make uh, Ray a Kenobi. So this wasn't even his original plan, but originally he was going to be a Kenobi. That's so hmm, whatever. It's got some implications. Yeah. So that's some more, another interesting tidbit to try to close this out on a All more right. positive, interesting place than. Yeah, we could keep guess. talking about it. Maybe we will. Maybe, <laughs> Maybe we will have to have a podcast more. Maybe we will have to talk about this more with other people who mm-hmm. are open to having conversations, um, healthy conversation. Yeah. Maybe it'd be good to get like uh, someone who loved it on who we also love. Yeah, um, I know Jonah Marie. I think she had, she had some positive thoughts about it. So I, she's always someone we love having on. She is a beam of light and positivity. Yeah, I'm not, oh, she's, she's one of few people I'm open to. Um, just hearing it all from. Yep, be more like Jonah Marie. Be more like. Do you know what world? I think that's that's a good good message that's a great way to end this podcast everyone <laughs> be more like the Wookiee gunner herself Jonah yeah. Marie um, who is basically the Star Wars version of Gandhi mm-hmm. yep so thanks again for going with us this is a little bit of a long one but there's a lot to unpack with this movie you can find us at Rebels Rebels Pod on even though if, you, if you've listened to this you'll never listen to us again <laughs> yeah um, but you find us at Rebels Rebels Pod at Gmail or on Instagram or Twitter. We are most active on Twitter and Instagram. So add us there. Let's chat about some stuff. Don't be a hater. Um, and yeah, Mike, do you want to close this out? Yeah, and remember until next time to be brave out there. And don't look back. Don't look back. Bye. Bye.